How's everybody doing today? I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. Um, I want to thank you uh, for for being here. You know, it's a it's a good Wednesday. It's it's nice and breezy outside. It's hot in here, but hey, we're gonna rock it. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody. I love doing this on a Wednesday because at this point. A lot of things I'm going to talk about happen either a week or on a week ago or on Sunday or on Saturday. But the best way to convey what has happened that many people already know is I guess Wednesdays allow me to drive the conversation with my personality. No, I'm not the funniest dude. I'm not the most energetic, but. Being, you know, talking about sport, things that's already happened in sports on a Wednesday, it, it, it gives, it allows me to be me. It allows me to, I guess, flow, flow with it. You know what I mean? So, again, I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, today, we're going, we're going to talk about the most recent thing. Let's talk about uh, the MLB playoffs and how. See, I told I talked about this in a in another in a recent podcast that I don't know if I would give Bryce Harper four hundred million dollars because that's a lot of a lot of money for one player that while he's a good player and he's and he he produces fans and ticket sales, I don't know if I'd pay him that much of my salary because while he is a a great home run hitter. He doesn't really do well, at least for this year. He doesn't. He didn't really do much as an all-around game. If I want to pay somebody four hundred million dollars, I want an all-around player. I don't want a player that can just hit uh, 30, 40 home runs a, a a year, but their team doesn't. You know, doesn't really produce wins for the team. So, you know, it, it's hard giving me or allowing myself to give uh, one player. 400 million dollars and i brought that up because if you saw what happened last night the yankees lost to the boston red sox so now it is the boston red sox against the houston astros and in the nlds it is the dodgers against the brewers but let me go back to the yankees the Yankees have the quote-unquote superstar lineup. You have Aaron Judge. You have Giancarlo Stanton. You have pretty big-name pitchers, big-name outfielders. What I'm saying is the Yankees have the names. But the difference between the Yankees and Boston is Boston has a complete team. Boston doesn't have any players that can warrant $400, 500000000 million. While Boston has a complete team, the Yankees do. The Yankees have Aaron Judge, and they also have Giancarlo Staten, two big home run hitters, but don't really do much for you outside of that, like Bryce Harper. And you saw that this series. You saw how... The team dynamic of Boston was able to overcome two solid great players. And I'm not saying that the Yankees are a bad team. I'm not saying that at all. Of course, Yankees have the most, I believe they have the most championships in all of sports. But when we're talking about a team, I want a complete team, even if I don't have that that star star player now yes boston has great players but they don't have that that bryce harper they don't have that aaron judge they don't have that manny machado they don't have that Giancarlo Stanton. but the yankees do and you saw that when they needed when they when when they needed the team they they have the players they just don't have the team and we saw that in full display Last night, I believe they lost one to or four to one or six to one. But I know the game before that they got, as in the Yankees, got destroyed. I think they lost like fourteen one or something. So what I'm saying is, when it comes to see, baseball is not like basketball. Basketball, 
you can warrant somebody getting for if it was LeBron James or someone like Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or someone like or James Harden, you could warrant them getting four hundred million dollars because basketball, unlike baseball, one player can change the dynamic of a whole team, a whole franchise. You saw that with LeBron James in Cleveland. Without without LeBron James, Cleveland is a is 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 a laughing stock of the NBA. And you'll see this year when, you know, they, they, they don't have LeBron. But when LeBron comes to your team or when a Steph Curry or a Kevin Durant comes to your team, your team automatically gets better, like dramatically. So I understand if Bryce Harper or Aaron Judd or Giancarlo Stanton played for, you know, played basketball or played a sport where one player can really – affect uh, uh, the outcome of a of a of a outcome of a season but they don't they play in baseball and give me a complete team over two or three solid players in baseball and that's why the Boston Red Sox who statistically I believe are going down as one of the greatest teams of all time this year don't have that box office player but they have the a solid and great team which is why they are now in the AL, ALDS for people that don't know that's American League divisional isn't it divisional yeah divisional series yeah and of course Dodgers Dodgers and Brewers now the difference between the Dodgers and the the Dodgers and the Yankees is the Dodgers have players. They have Manny Machado and they have Curtin Clayshaw. Curtin Clayshaw. Curtin Clayton Kershaw. But they also have solid play, pieces around them, you know, Yasel Puig and other players that round out that round out the the team. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I think it's hard for me to pick against Boston at this point from what I've seen all year and what I've seen throughout the playoffs. It's hard for me to pick. Oh, you know what? And let me say this. Let me let me say this close so people don't hit me up talking about this, that, and third. I am not an average baseball watcher. I I don't really watch baseball that much. I do watch it, but from time to time, I'm not – the the most um I'm not the most knowledgeable baseball player when it comes to the history of baseball but I do watch games from time to time I do watch playoff games I do I do know I do follow the sport so I think I can warrant talking about baseball from time to time no I can't go in depth about who's on the the Padres or who's on what's the trash team who's on the 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 Diamondbacks but I could talk about baseball <laughs> again it's not I'm not I'm not the most dynamic person when it comes to you know I I don't know I, it's I'm not as well-rounded in baseball but I can say some things and I know just by looking that Boston is leaps and bounds and was leaps and bounds better than New York and I think that they have the team the complete team that can win it all Yes, Houston is they're 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 trying to repeat. And and they looked really solid last last round. And they look solid this whole year, honestly. But when I when I look at the statistics, when I'm looking at just the eye test, Boston looks almost unstoppable. Yes, they had a hiccup last series, you know, Yankees did win one game, but the games that Boston did win, they looked very they were very convincing wins. So I'm going to say I believe it's going to be Boston and the Dodgers in the World Series. And give me Boston. In six games. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It, it's going to be crazy. Uh, Boston, Boston's a good team, man. Boston is a good team. Boston's a good team. And... They 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 don't have again they don't have that star player but they have the star team, 
And that I take that over anything. So many of you saw the Conor McGregor Khabib fight. And many of you saw what happened at the end of the Conor and Khabib fight. For people that didn't, uh, Khabib, Khabib uh, destroyed Conor. Destroyed him. Made him submit or tap out. And at the, up to the fight, you know, the, the, the days, weeks, months leading up to the fight, Conor and his camp has been really disrespectful to Khabib. Talking about his religion, talking about his father, talking about his Khabib just as as in gen, you know in general talking about just 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 talking about Khabib and for people that don't know I believe it was about a year ago or a few, or or a couple months ago when Connor was in Brooklyn after UFC event UFC event and Connor wasn't fighting and Connor was through a whole dolly at a bus, at the, the UFC bus where there were multiple fighters, including Khabib, and a, multiple people got injured. People had to cancel out of the, or people had to withdraw from the that UFC event due to the fact that they were too injured to play or fight. So it's been leading up. This, this, this fight, as in with Connor and Khabib, has been boiling for, or in the in the hatred towards each other, has been boiling for a while. So, when Connor went against Khabib, now another thing I have to say is this was the first fight. This was Connor's first fight since Floyd Mayweather. So, he hasn't fought in a while, and he was suspended for the the bus incident so he hasn't again he hasn't fought for nearly what two years so this was this there is a lot of hatred animosity that both fighters have for each other now you have to have some animosity and some hatred towards each other as a fighter in general because you have to go with that mentality as i want to go kill this dude you have to If, if if not then what are you really doing so Again, for people that don't know, at the end of the fight, again, Khabib destroyed Connor. Just, you know, Khabib really, really showed that Connor was not only in, not in shape, but physically he couldn't handle Khabib. Khabib would get him to the ground. Khabib hit him with one nice right uh, counter punch that had Connor stumble. And again, ultimately. Connor tapped out in the third round or yeah, third round, third. Yeah. So at the end of the fight, Khabib, it started when Khabib threw his mouthpiece. Well, he said something to Connor as he was, he, he was getting off him after he tapped out and everything. But I don't know if anybody noticed that Khabib didn't like, let go of Connor after the first tap. He had to tap twice. So I don't know if anybody saw that, but so Khabib then throws his mouthpiece in the direction of Connor's training camp. Khabib is is angry. He's irate. Then he climbs the fence, jumps into the crowd, and tries to fight Connor's camp. While this is happening, someone in Khabib's camp climbs over the fence into the octagon and starts piecing Connor. Like, piecing this man. And today, well, the days after, and today you're hearing, you know, Khabib's going to get stripped or could get stripped of the title and could be suspended. Connor might be uh, fined and suspended. The people that jumped into the ring are gonna get or are arrested. People at Connor's camp might get arrested. So there's there. It's like a flip. It's like a coin to this. There's a good side to this, and there's a bad side. Let's talk about the bad side. For a while. The UFC has been trying to 
trying to legitimize itself. It's it's for for a long time now. It's pretty much taken the reins of boxing as like a the most popular fighting sport, but. It was only a couple of years ago when UFC was allowed to have pay-per-view events in New York. So that just shows that UFC has been trying to legitimize itself. And when you see stuff like that, it's really hard for people invent not people, venues and some of the higher ups to really take something serious, take a sport seriously. When at any given moment, a fighter can a fighter can snap and you know attack attack the crowd like that. Now, yes, I know people are saying this is like Malice in the Palace. It's really not Malice in the Palace. You had six, seven, six, eight dudes going into the stands fighting civilians. Now, no, I'm not saying they were innocent civilians, but they were fighting civilians. People that were clearly not matched up with them like couldn't match up with them and this in this case with Khabib and Connor you had Khabib trying to go against someone that was I guess on a he felt was on an equal playing field he was going against a UFC coach which was a UFC coaching staff which was Connor's coaching staff so it's it kind of paints a black eye for the sport when when you're trying to legitimize yourself and then you have people that can at any moment snap like that because that 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 could happen at any given moment anybody can hop the fence anybody can start attacking fans and it's hard to get sponsors and it's hard to get you know people to really respect the sport when that could happen because nobody wants a brawl to happen in their venue Nobody wants a, a innocent bystander to get seriously hurt in their venue because that that just that's a black eye for not only the sport but the player or the fighter and the venue. So so I can see where Dana White and and Joe Rogan's like ah man th- we don't need this we don't need this I get that you know I get where you know there there are venues it's like I don't know if I want the UFC to come to my arena. I understand that. I really do. But then on the flip side, it's Wednesday. And news outlets like SportsCenter or FS1 or, you know, Bleach Report are still talking about it. While people don't want to be involved in an incident like that, people love to see stuff like that go down. As in fans. People are already clamoring for a rematch. Now they still got to get the the belt thing situated, and they still have to get what's what's gonna happen with Connor, and they still got to get all that situated. But Connor already sent uh, reports have come out to say Connor have already asked Dana White for a rematch or to set up a rematch. So. Again, stuff like that really popularizes the sport when it comes to fans. Now, of course, you have the diehard fans. This is disgusting. You know, we would never want to see something like this ever. Like, okay, okay. If, if For people that say that, right, for people that say they never want to see something like that happen, why do they watch the sport at all? People love to watch the UFC for, in fact, I think the the fight or two before that, the Pettis fight, when there was blood everywhere, people were saying that's one of the that's one of the best fights they've seen in years. That was a, a damn near bloodbath, but then yet people enjoyed that so much because, of course, the 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 violence and the the gratuity of it. So again, it's it's a it's a flip of a coin, man. People, people, love, people as fans love to see stuff like that. And now we're still talking about it. And it's Wednesday. It happened Saturday. And on the other side, I understand that you're trying to legitimize the sport. Like, when that thing happened with Ron Artest, man, it was, 
it was it was it was a black eye for the NBA for a while. A, a ticket sales went down and everything, but fans still watched. Now, yes, it took Indian the Indiana Pacers to recover like a lot longer. I think they're still trying to recover, but that's that's another story for another day. All I'm saying is there's a flip side to every coin. Yes, it might have been a bad look for the UFC as a whole for the Conor and Khabib brawl after. But now there's going to be a lot more people. And and to be honest with you, the brawl was a lot more interesting than the actual fight. So there's going to be a lot more people that's going to want to watch the the rematch. And, you, and, and ticket sales are going to skyrocket now because people want to see the retaliation look connor threw a dolly at a at the at the bus you know to pretty much start this whole feud and it wasn't even about it was about his friend getting disrespected so you think you have somebody in another camp to like piecing connor you think that's he's not he's just gonna let that go no so like i said the promotion for this is going to be crazy this is going to happen don't don't worry there will be a rematch and I'm going to see it. I'm going to want to watch it. I don't like paying for pay-per-view that much but because I'm broke. But I'll watch it because I, I want to see how these two camps that clearly hate each other are going to, you know, I don't. I think Connors is going to lose again the same way he lost, but I, I still have that. I want to see it. You know how people had the first time Manny, uh, Manny Pacquiao fought Floyd. We wanted to see two giants go together now i want to see how two people that clearly hate each other and after what we saw on saturday i want to see how they respond hey so again you're watching the unpopular podcast so just a disclaimer i should have said this at the top of the show but they're doing um work on the roof so if you hear some footsteps, if you hear some noises, that's because they're doing work. I can't control that. I don't own the building, so I can't be like, hey, chill out. I'm doing a podcast. Hey, so uh, if you hear any noise, if you hear footsteps, if you hear some loud crashing, just know that they're doing work on the on the top. So we're going to keep going. Um, We're gonna talk about this. Uh, when when we talk about leaders, right? What really constitutes a leader? Sometimes, a leader could be a quiet assassin. I guess you can say someone that leads by example, and 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 someone that doesn't do much talking. A leader like a Tim Duncan. A leader could be someone that's voiced or you know monstrous and and voices his opinion a lot, but still backs it up like a Draymond Green. So there, what you know, more of the story is there is a lot. There's a lot of forms of leadership. And recently, an interview came out that. Odell Beckham and Lil Wayne for some reason. I don't know why Lil Wayne was there, but Odell Beckham did with ESPN's Josina Anderson about the Giants and why they're struggling so bad and why they've been struggling so bad for the past, you know, few years. And Odell Beckham let he didn't hold back at all. He went at the fans. He went at Eli Manning, the worst. He went at the coaching staff. He went at the offense. He, he just went at everyone. Called him out saying, you know, we know Eli can't can't get an ankle run. We know, you know, I don't know if, why he can't throw it deep anymore. You know, he, he pretty much let the organization have it. And a lot of people are saying that that wasn't right for him to do. He shouldn't have done that. That can divide a locker room. This and that, you know, boom. So, what I say is, we'll have to see. Now, on Sunday, 
after the comments, the Giants played probably their best game I've seen them play in years. They scored, what, 31 points? Um, Eli was throwing darts uh, to his receivers. Odell Beckham caught a touchdown. He threw a touchdown. Now, they lost because Graham Gano had tied the sec- tied the longest, hit a, I think it was 63-yard kick, which was tied for the longest kick ever in NFL history. But it, they looked – the Giants looked energized. They looked like they, 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 they wanted that win. Now, of course, it didn't, but it, of course it didn't happen the way they wanted to, but they looked like a team. They looked like a team on a mission, a team that wanted to prove, okay, we are, we're going to, we should be respected in the NFC. Now, again, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have called out all my teammates like that. I don't even know if I, if I could, you know, could call out a teammate like that, but. We just, I think, with something like that, we need to see, man. This this game tomorrow against the Eagles is a big game for them. If they come out flat, if they come out like days ago, and especially with the Eagles are struggling right now. The Eagles are two and three. They just lost on Sunday to the Vikings, so they're struggling. This, I think, we really need to see. And we're really going to see just the ramifications of or the the ripple effect of Odell Beckham's comments. If they come out ball, they might. No, they have to win. I th- I think this is not only is this a must win for the Giants, this is a must win for the Eagles. If the Eagles want any shot at trying to repeat because right now, they're, they're banged up with injury. You know, Jay Ajayi tore his ACL, so he's out more than likely for the season. So they're thinking about bringing on LaShawn McCoy it, or trying to trade for LaShawn McCoy. So there's just a lot going on. You know, Carson Wentz is still trying to acclimate himself back in after, you know, his injury last year. This is a must win for both teams. And... I don't know if I don't know how his teammates are looking at him because Odell Beckham signed a signed an extension recently, so it's not like he can say the he'll say these and then they'll be like you know no we don't respect you, we're gonna cut you for saying stuff like that. He is the one of the captains of the team. He's one of the leaders of the team, so he is warranted to say stuff like that. I don't know if he should have said something like that, but we have to see. We have to see if. This this is going to galvanize the team, or if this is going to divide the team even more. You saw you saw Sterling Shepard fighting the the bench, you know, out of frustration on Sunday against the Panthers. So it that you know calling out a team like that is a slippery slope, man. It's a slippery slope because I it, it it can go it can go it could be a galvanizer. I guess people look themselves in the mirror like, you know what, he might have been right. Or it can be, I don't know why you talking. I mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't know why you would call me out, stuff like that. You just got paid. I need to get, you know, like the stuff that's happening in Pittsburgh. When you got the offensive line calling out the running back that's not there, it's, it's that's why I don't think Le'Veon Bell could return or can sign the extension to the pit for you know with pittsburgh because that i think that that bridge is burned man now he can come back for the for the rest of the season but i don't see him you know uh i don't see him resigning and not saying that not saying odell you know odell is in the same predicament as much as Le'Veon bell is but what i'm saying is you don't call out a teammate i mean don't call out a team like that man but again, you don't know. You don't know. And and he didn't really like kill kill him. Like he didn't he didn't come out and say you know Eli's trash or the coaching staff's trash. He was just like, hey, I mean, 
We all know. I I don't know why I have I haven't. Been, he says him. He said they haven't put me in the right position or in the positions to flourish, and that is an indictment on the quarterback and the coaching staff. And he, you know, he was like, I don't know why you know Eli can't just throw the deep ball. I don't know why we as an organization can't throw the deep ball. That's Eli. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's I don't know. Uh, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. This is a must win for not only the Giants but the Eagles as well. This is a big Thursday night game. This is a big Thursday night game. And And, and staying with NFL – I don't know if any of you guys saw the Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans game when they had, they went to overtime. They were at the one. They were at the. I think it was fourth and one or fourth and fourth and one, and in overtime. And instead of going for it, they punt the ball, ultimately, pretty much sealing their loss. I understand some people would be like, in fact, not some people. Jason Garrett said, he came out and said, that's a long, that was a long one yard on why he didn't punt. That's a long one yard. If you look at, even look at New England. There's one thing that, you know, people always say New England is the model of consistency. It, they're pretty much the spurs of the NFL. They 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 have a system and they run it to perfection. But the one thing that the 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 Patriots and even 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 the Eagles last year do is they take risks. If it was in fourth and one and and in. Tom Brady's not running anywhere. He's just, he's probably one of the slowest quarterbacks ever. But if it's fourth and one, they're going for it. Especially in overtime, they're going for it. The Eagles had a fourth down in the Super Bowl and went for it. And threw it to their quarterback. They threw it to their quarterback and converted it. But you look at teams like Jacksonville, who had a fourth down. In the the champ the conference championship game against Patriots, and they kick it, and you see what happened there. People ask, "Are the Cowboys' window closed under under um, Jason Garrett as a coach?" And I say, no. The Cowboys' Super Bowl window is closed because of Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is one of the most influential people in all of NFL. Jerry Jones said he wanted a team in Vegas. They had a team in Vegas. Jerry Jones says he doesn't like this. They change this. They don't like that. They change that. Jerry Jones is, one again, one of the most influential people in the NFL. But too many times he meddles with the team, and he meddles with things that shouldn't be meddled with. Everybody knows Jason Garrett should have been fired. Everyone knows that. Everyone with two eyes. Hell, even Cowboys fans, if you talk to them, have said they that Jerry Jones, I mean, Jason Garrett should have been fired. But because Jerry Jones likes him and he's Jerry Jones' boy, he's his his job is secure year after year. Year after year of mediocrity. He still keeps his job. So they don't have a number one wide receiver. They don't have a number one, two, or three wide receiver. They have Hearns, Cole Beasley, Tavon Austin, who was a punt punt return specialist or, or you know, special team specialist. But who do they really I mean they know this, and they cut Des Bryant. Now, 
I have I have my thoughts on Des Bryant. I don't know if Des Bryant is still a productive wide receiver. Des Bryant has has been on the wrong side of drops for the last few years. So I have my thoughts on Des Bryant, but I do know this. I'd rather have Des Bryant on my team than going into a Sunday knowing Cole Beasley or Alan Hearns are my number one and two wide receivers. Alan Hearns, who couldn't even make it in Jacksonville. And can you name me two of their wide receivers right now? Oh, wait. Cole Beasley wasn't even a number one receiver at his college. So, look, I understand that you're the owner, the GM, do what you got to do. But when a team is held hostage by management like like it is like the Cowboys are with Jerry Jones there's no way I don't see that they could win a Super Bowl with this regime you know I, I don't see it I don't see it at all especially when everybody and their mama knows that Jason Garrett should have been fired because not saying he's he he wouldn't be a good coordinator wouldn't be good you know wouldn't be a good coordinator but he's not a good coach he's a he's he's a model of inconsistency and a model of mediocrity but when you have Jerry Jones comes out and say that's my guy what can you really do I I, I don't see it I, I don't see it man I don't see it um it's 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 tough. Cowboys, Cowboys, this is the first year their defense actually better than their offense. First year in a while that their defense is better than their offense. Their defense has always been the problem. Even back with the the Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith days. Their defense, they, but their defense has always been their Achilles heel. But this is the first year that I can remember that their defense is hands down better than their offense, even with their offensive line and Ze- and Zeke Elliott, who is leading the league in rushing still, rushing yards. But with a, with an owner like Jerry Jones, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. It is tough to win anything, and you're and, and and you have somebody in management pretty much holding your team hostage. It's it's tough. I, I I just don't see how they can get better with that. I don't. Um, college football, man, there was a lot of upsets. A lot of upsets. LSU lost to Florida. Oklahoma lost to Texas, which was a great game, by the way. Texas almost messed around and lost that game. They almost messed around and lost that game. And they were destroying Oklahoma. But Oklahoma came back like that. Now, of course, they, they lost at the end. But, you know, Auburn lost to Mississippi State, uh, Kentucky lost to Texas A&M, Sanf- Stanford got destroyed by Utah. And then, you know what? That's what irritates me. I'm going to be real. I'm an Oregon fan. I love the Oregon Ducks. I, it might be me because they're jerseys. I don't know. But I'm an Oregon fan. In my eyes, Oregon is leaps and bounds better than Utah. And if Utah smack it, and this isn't the first time Stanford got smacked this year. Don't forget. This isn't the first time. So why can't we play like that against Stanford? Why do we? How, we were playing like that until Stanford came back with the quickness and won. It was man, I saw the momentum swing so fast on that game, man. They, and I'm talking about the Oregon Stanford game when they took that touchdown away from Oregon because they said that he stepped out of bounds before he hit the pylon, or while he hit the pylon, but the pylon is still out of bounds. After that, we fumbled the ball twice, couldn't score, and Stanford just boom, 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 score, 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 and we lost. Utah smacked Stanford. So you telling me we couldn't play like that? Like, come on, man. It, man. Michigan State lost to Northwestern. Th- see, a lot of these laws, like the LSU and Florida, that LSU, I believe, if they still went out, 
they could they can make it to the college final four because Florida's you know they're always a good team. Oklahoma, I while I think they can still win out, make the college football playoffs. Kyler Murray, I think this really hurts his Heisman chances. Now, I think it was a it was a neck and neck race between him and Tua, and at Alabama, but this really hurts his chances because the first half he was playing awful, just god awful, and it you know Auburn. I kind of knew Auburn was gonna mess the money up, man. I kind of knew it. I had them. I did a podcast before the season started, and I said that could have been a team that could have won it all. You know who else has to also said could have won it all? Mississippi State. Now they haven't shown me that they could win it all this year because they struggled too. But they beat Auburn. They beat Auburn. Kentucky. I kind of knew that was that was. I'm not gonna say that was that was uh. I got Kentucky is who Kentucky is. While Kentucky can still make it to a bowl game and probably still make it to a bowl game, Kentucky, in my eyes, never had a chance and never has a chance at making the college football playoffs. As long as, as well as Stanford, uh, Bryce Love was out, so that that's definitely big for them. But you know they've been struggling this whole year, except against Oregon. But and Michigan State's been struggling too. So. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it. I thought Michigan State could have been one of those teams too. I put that. I put them in my college football playoff sleepers um episode too. I, I I thought they could do it, but because they always had a stout defense and I you lost to Northwestern. Northwestern. So I I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, let's talk about this a little quickly. Uh, about a week ago, Kylan Mabeep plays for, uh, plays for PSG. He also plays for the French team. Yeah, that won the World Cup. Was it France? Yeah, France team that won the World Cup. He scored four goals in 13 minutes. One of the fastest, uh, that's one of the fastest four goal records in soccer history. I brought that up because for a decade now, it's been Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo as the clear, the clear two, you know, one and two in, in soccer. And while Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi has been balling this year, for a decade now, it's been Chris, it's been them two in a far third, a a distant third. But if you look at it now, you have players like Mabip, you have Neymar, you have Luka Modric. Uh, you can even throw in Harry Kane in there. You have players that once Chris Nardo Ronaldo and Lionel Messi leave the sport, whenever they leave the sport, because of course they're both getting up there in age, that it would be the league would be in great hands. Soccer as a whole would be in great hands. Again, you also have Luis Suarez. You you have. I always felt, and it's always been, it's always been a, a running gag where if Messi or Ronaldo's not playing, or when they, whenever they leave the sport of soccer, a lot of people was like, "Oh, okay, well, where is it going to go from there?" Soccer doesn't have a a clear successor after them two, or it's, and it's been like that for decades now a little longer than a decade actually but soccer is in a good hands man soccer with like i said mabeep who's young neymar who's young luka Modric, who just won player of the year last year 
soccer's in a good place. Soccer is in a good place. While the team, not all teams are great, soccer's in a good place. Uh, even with, even if Ronaldo and Messi call it quits anytime soon. So, um, with that being said, you know what? I got to find a way to transition, man. I got to find a way to transition better. I can't just keep saying with that being said. Let's go to the unpopular topic of the week. I got to find a way to transition a little better than that. I'm going to work on that. But uh, let's go to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. So, on Monday, not only did Drew Brees obliterate the Redskins, he submitted himself in the record books in the record books as the quarterback with the most career passing yards, passing not only Brett Favre but Peyton Manning as well. Drew Brees, in my opinion, I've said this. I've said this before in in previous episodes. Drew Brees is to me the most underrated quarterback of all time. We talk about great. Even today, we talk about greats like Tom Brady. We talk about greats like Aaron Rodgers. And Drew Brees very rarely, is, if ever, gets talked about. And. A lot of people want to attribute his his success to oh he played in the dome his whole career or he played alongside Sean Payton who's one of the best offensive coaches the league has ever seen or they you know them together is one of the best coach player tandems the league has ever seen or Drew Brees only has one Super Bowl or this that and third. What people like to forget is that the Saints were the Aints for a long time. A long the Saints were the Clippers. The Saints were the Browns. The Saints were so bad. Like I said, people were showing up to games with plastic with a uh, um bags over their faces. Drew Brees is not the first quarterback to take the Saints to the super, to the champ, uh, to the playoffs, but he's the only quarterback in Saints history that has ever won a playoff game, let alone won a Super Bowl. Drew Brees has always been a model of of consistency. I'm sorry, always been a model of consistency from. Backing, uh, playing back up to Philip Rivers when he went to the when he was in the Chargers, to Miami not clearing him for a trade. That's why Nick Saban left, or Nick Saban got fired uh, and went to Alabama. And you see what happened there. To just his his greatness, his greatness since day one with the Saints. So, the unpopular topic of the week is that Drew Brees, in my opinion, is right now a top five quarterback of all time. You know what's sad about that? In my opinion, he's a top five quarterback of all time, but out of the top five quarterbacks with the most passing yards in league history, he's the only one, the only one that has never won an MVP.
it's it's almost laughable how many people talk about some of the greatest quarterbacks ever and leave Drew Brees' name out. I've I asked about sixteen people. Not sixteen. Yeah. About sixteen people from Monday to now name me their top five quarterbacks and only two of them said Drew Brees was in it. Drew Brees isn't the most flashy player. He isn't the mo he's not always in the spotlight, but Drew Brees has always been a model of consistency. In fact, let me just name some of the records that Drew Brees holds right now. He has the most career passing yards, most career passing completions, most passing completions in a season, highest career completion percentage, highest single season completion percentage. By the way, right now, I know it's only what week five or six, but Drew Brees right now, is throwing 77.9% or is completing 77.9% of his passes this season. Now, I know that's going to be hard to maintain, but if he maintains that, that would be the highest single season completion percentage that he already holds. Keep going. He is tied with most touchdown passes in a game, and he has the most consecutive games with a touchdown pass. Now, a lot of people, which is which is a good. I, I heard a lot of people compare Drew Brees to Steve Nash. Very underrated when it comes to his greatness or their greatness. And a lot of people, the debate popped up as who would you take between Brett Favre and Drew Brees? In my opinion, that that question is not even close. I would take Drew Brees 10 times out of 10. And I'm going to tell you why. While Brett Favre is is always known for the big plays. You know, he has a lot of interceptions, but that's because he's not scared to make the big plays. So I'm not, you know, in, especially in this argument, I'm not fretting him for his interceptions. But because he's he's known for the big plays. But if I want a quarterback that is to me and I, again, I I'm not I'm not the oldest person in the world, but Drew Brees is the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen play the NFL. I've ever seen play football. He's the most accurate quarterback in my opinion ever. While he's not always the most flashy, player he'll always keep you in games because it's been a while that the saints have been drew Brees and nobody in fact i believe jalen rose said it today or said it yesterday can you name me two of drew Brees's best wide receivers he's ever had I know a lot of people say the first one they say is Alvin Kamara. Yeah, he's not in the wide receiver. He's a running back. You you, you got what? Uh, Marcus Colston and what? Maybe Brandon Cooks? Or Michael Thomas? I don't know. Willie Sneed? <laughs> it, what I'm saying is Drew Brees has done more with nothing than I've ever seen somebody. He's won a Super Bowl. And you think you think Drew Brees' effect you think Drew Brees doesn't have an effect on NFL? When's the last time you seen a highlight from Jimmy Graham? I'll wait. And and Jimmy Graham's playing with Jimmy Graham played with Russell Wilson, who's a great quarterback, and now he plays with Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. So again, when's the last time you heard of Jimmy Graham? What I'm saying is, Drew Brees, he doesn't talk that much. He's not the loudest person 
and he will never be the loudest person in the room. But he is a model of he's a model of consistency. He's the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen, and he's a leader. They mic'd him up when he uh. First of all, let me let me say this. Let me say this before I keep going. What the hell was that, Washington? Come on, man. I felt like that game really looked like Washington were fans that day, that night on Monday. Like they wanted, they wanted Drew Brees to break the record. Not only did he break the the passing yards record, he also broke the touchdowns. I mean, no, he didn't. He's a four hundred. He has four hundred ninety nine touchdowns. So next next week, he's gonna um. He's going to go into the 500 touchdown club. And the only other quarterback that's in that right now is Tom Brady, who is the GOAT quarterback-wise in the NFL. So they mic- they they had him mic'd up for the for the um you know, while he he threw his the history setting pass, and you can you can just see, man. Players love to play with him. His whole team embraced him. Former players went uh, went to social media to congratulate him. Players that never played with him congratulate him. Uh, Peyton Manning had a pretty funny congratulatory video Drew Brees is just a good guy man Drew Brees is a good guy and you and you can't take that away from him man people like playing with Drew Brees and Drew Brees is the model is to me a model of consistency and he's he is the most underrated quarterback of all time and in my opinion he's top five all time and who is my top five I have Tom Brady that that's 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 unarguable. Tom Brady is the goat. You know, five Super Bowls, model of consistency. Is is hard, especially the year when they came back um, against Atlanta. It's hard to make a make a case about anybody other than Tom Brady. You got Joe Montana. I mean, he's he's undefeated in the Super Bowl. He's like Jordan in the Super Bowl. You got Peyton Manning. While his playoff record is leaves a lot to be desired, to me he is still the greatest regular season quarterback ever, Peyton Manning. You got Johnny Unitas. He really paved the way for quarterbacks back, back in the day. And Drew Brees. Drew Brees, in my opinion, is, is top five all time. Of course, that leaves out Brett Favre. Uh, that leaves out Aaron Rodgers. That leaves out Teddy Bridgeshaw. Uh, but Drew Brees. Oh, another thing, Drew Brees. His his impact in the game is 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 paramount. You can see it without. So I don't know who said it. Somebody on ESPN said it, but Warren Moon was the first quarterback that really showed players, and, and, and as, as maybe prejudiced and racist as it is, they showed teams, wow, black black people can really play quarterback. So Warren Moon paved the way for people like Doug, Doug, uh, Doug Williams, um, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Michael Vick, Dante Culpepper. You know, players like that can attribute their success to Warren Moon. Players like Russell Wilson, players like Baker Mayfield, even though he didn't really succeed in the NFL, Johnny Menzel, players that, you know, for a long time, it's like if you weren't 6'2 and above, you can't play quarterback. Drew Brees debunked that. Drew Brees, I know they have him listed as 6'1 or 6 feet tall, but... Almost everybody has come out and said that Drew Brees is barely 5'11", if that. So Drew Brees' his impact has revolutionized the game 
the same way, you know, players like Warren Moon has, or if you go to another sport, uh, Steph Curry has. Now, you know, let me not say Steph Curry. That's where they, that's where I do, I do um, compare Drew Brees to Steve Nash a lot in the spec that Steve Nash really changed the way we view point guards as in an offensive threat. While he wanted to, he was a pass first point guard, Steve Nash had no problem dropping 40 on your head. And that paved the way for a lot of offensive first point guards at that point. Without Drew Brees, I don't I'm not going to say there wouldn't be a Russell Wilson, Wilson, but there they wouldn't be, you know, teams would wouldn't even think twice about getting short quarterbacks because how are you going to see over the line of scrimmage? That's that's always what I've heard. You know, we don't want a small we don't want a short quarterback because he can't see over the line of scrimmage. He can't see over 6465 six, linemen. Drew Brees debunked that. So, so Drew Brees' impact is felt, man. It is felt in the league. There's no way you can say that, in my eyes, Drew Brees is not, uh, even if you don't want to say top five, I'm saying top five. He is top five quarterbacks, in my opinion, of all time. But even if you don't want to say that, there's no way you can say Drew Brees is not a top ten quarterback ever. No way. I can't name ten quarter. I can't name five quarterbacks better than Drew Brees, but I can't. I definitely can't name ten. So, I guess the moral of this is Drew Brees isn't the most flashy player. He doesn't flaunt about what he has. Drew Brees just balls, you know. And Drew Brees, in my opinion, because this is the unpopular podcast is the f- in the top five quarterbacks of all time. So there you have it, man. Uh, this was a good one, man. This was a good one. It's not as hot as here. It's not as, as hot in here as it usually is. Um, yeah, man. It, it. I'm liking this. I'm liking this whole new setup. Uh, this is the, what, third episode in here? I think this is episode 18, I believe. Uh, stay tuned so usually we drop an uh, episode every every wednesday but next week i'm doing my first nba special what i'm doing is i'm ranking every team and talking about every team from one to 30 and uh breaking i'm not gonna break yeah i'm just ranking every team and you know giving my thoughts and opinions of of the teams so I'm going to drop that on Monday uh, before because the season starts next Wednesday. So I don't want to be recording it and then editing it, editing, editing it. And, you know, y'all can't dissect it before the season even starts. So, again, stay tuned next week on Monday for my or uh, the unpopular podcast is um, first NBA breakdown special. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, This is, of course, again, the Unpopular Podcast, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. This is your boy, Jalen. Until next time, man, uh, stay, you know, that's that's corny. Stay breezy. (laughs) All right. uh, Have a good one, man. Much love. Loaded bases, that's my motivation. Nigga feeling lucky, we should go to Vegas. 2018 motor transportation Got me feeling over anxious like a home invasion My dough inflated and I'm more creative It's like a couple big deals but it's no parading Just a couple niggas every generation That wasn't supposed to make it out with the code the matrix And when they get to speak it's like a coded language Reminds niggas of their strength and all the stolen greatness We used to shoot at niggas at the mobile station Full circle, mobile motivation My self-educated through negotiations Got these sharks that I'm sitting at this table with afraid to bait No ten on my Mercedes, that's for inspiration Two kilos on my neck like the fucking 80s Westside Slots and Ave know my demonstration Born and raised, y'all affiliated It's really greatness Riding around like I really made it Loaded bases, I'm going Willie Mason Yeah Listen to my ambition cause I'm on one Swinging for the fences for the home run Even further beyond
make it to first first It feels like every second's being stolen I risk it for every ticket we sold them You got the ball, I'ma take it home I was sitting on my link and I start thinking Nigga ain't gonna make a hundred mil off any tracing More than likely I'm gonna end up in somebody bracing Even worse, horse and carriage front the church Laid off in the hearse, I dealt with it I ain't just out here for my health with it I wait the risk